Today, I am sitting down with Margie and Danny from the band Eclipsica. Now, not only do we have the interview today, but today is Friday the 13th, and this is going to be the World Bride premiere of their new single, Sanctimony. So give the interview a listen and stay to the end and check out this new song. It's pretty fucking sweet, guys. Welcoming to Rage Against the Mainstream for the first time, our new friends, Marky and Danny from the band Eclipsica. How are you guys doing this evening? Doing great, man. How are you doing? I can't complain. I definitely can't complain. So um, I guess uh, let's get started here with give us uh, I, I know who you guys are, but our listeners might or might not. So I guess just give us a little bit of a rundown. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, both of you guys, what do you do within the band? You know, tell us a little about a little bit about yourselves. All right, man. Well, we're just a couple of knuckleheads from Long Beach, California, who decided to uh, get together, start making some noise one day. Um, me, Danny Stone, I sing songs. And I'm Marky, and I play drums. Oh, dude, honestly, it's, it's pretty cool, man. We were able to uh, get a bunch of friends together, start making some noise, start having a little bit of fun, start building a little bit of momentum with this project. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was reading uh, on your guys' bio on your website that you guys um, responded to like an ad. Was it like a Craigslist ad or something like that? Uh, yeah, kind of, man. So I was living down in San Diego. I had moved out to California with my little cousin. Um, we were living down there for about a year, and I kind of took a year off of playing music. And um, after like my six-month period of living down there, I started looking for people to jam, but I couldn't find anybody who didn't want to do anything besides being a reggae band. So I started <laughs> reaching out to uh, other areas that, just I wasn't able to kind of like get to on my uh, own. So I ended up sending up an ad up to Long Beach and uh, lo and behold, the sexy motherfucker next to me ended up giving me a phone call one day and was like, oh. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> That's but, awesome. It's almost like the whole like Metallica story with the recycler, except it's like a new age and new generational version of it. Dude, we always say that all the time. He's the drummer. I sing the song. Sometimes I'll lay down a riff. He's the Lars. I'm the James. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taller than Lars. No, you're not. I am, I am taller than Lars. You, I was going to say the me, no. Lars, definitely. I was going to say that, that's Lars. usually a point of contention. <laughs> like, who who doesn't want to be Lars? Dude, we all want to be Lars. If you say you don't want to be Lars, you're a liar. Now. Yeah, I never I never use Napster. <laughs> no, us, us either. I have no idea what that what pirating while, thing but. is. Now, what what era of Metallica are we talking about? Are you guys talking about pre-load, pre-black album? Anything pre-black album, obviously, is the gospel. But, like, I mean, I'll, dude, I like the black album. Black album's my favorite. I like the black album. I tell you what, them coming out with hardware and self-destructing, going back to their thrash roots, was the shit. Atlas Rise, bitchin' song. Hardwired, bitchin' song. Moth, bitchin' song. Now that we're dead, bitch. That was a bitch album, dude. Actually, um, now that we're dead was probably my favorite off that. Um, dude, yeah, like I was really, really, really. I'm like for the first time in my 28 years of life, that was the first time that I felt Metallica dropped an album that I got really excited about when they dropped it. Like I got really into that CD. It was cool. Yeah, like Death Magnetic, I wasn't crazy, wasn't crazy into. And like Lulu obviously was, you know, the pinnacle of their 
musical capabilities and then uh hardwired i mean i I was excited for it but i you know uh injustice is my absolute favorite metallica album and i just don't think that they're like capable of writing another injustice no funny funny enough we have a guitar player in our band and uh we've (laughs) we've talked we've kicked around the idea of kicking him out multiple times and we still are kind of because his favorite album like of any band literally any band was uh Saint Anger. <laughs> Nuh-uh, you're yeah. kidding me. Dude, we yeah. swear to God, man. This guy's a fucking fool. We're, we're, we're probably going to be actively looking for a new guitar player. So if anybody anybody wants to be in a band who plays guitar and doesn't like Saint Anger, yeah. hit us up. All right, now we've established that you guys are Metallica <laughs> fans. Now, what got you guys into music? Mark, you want to go first? Um... The reason I got into music is uh, right around high school or the end of high school, we were big, uh, me and my friends were big fans of a lot of local bands and we were going to shows and all our favorite bands had been breaking up and we didn't, me and my buddy looked at each other at one point and we were like, well, what do we do now? And he had the genius idea of like, why don't we just start our own band? And like all of a sudden it clicked because I had always wanted to play guitar before that, but I wasn't very good at it. Um, and ever since then, I've been... I, drums kind of chose me. I didn't choose drums, but I sat down on a kit and just kind of started flowing. And um, I've been playing music pretty much every day of my life ever since then. But I've I always like been that. music my, my whole life. Is, I've always just, you know, I've been a kid sitting there with the, the old school Walkman and, and Sony headphones, you know, listening to Offspring Smash or Green Day or Van Halen on cassette tapes, you know? Yeah, music's exactly. Always been my number one thing. And for me, dude, I was literally born to be in a rock band. Like, my conception was, like, into this world to be a rock band. Dude, fuck, dude. My parents met at a strip club, dude. That's what's up. <laughs> I wish now, I was lying, dude, right hand to God. But, man, yo, so, like, when I was born... Who was the stripper, kids, your like, mom or your dad? <laughs> my dad. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> who awesome. Who really knows? So I've seen his dad. I've met his dad. And... and that handsome man very well may have been a... Uh, Telling you, my dad threw on the zebra print yeah. G-string and my mom went crazy. <laughs> um, no, dude, so, like, I, dude, like, my parents, they brought me into this world, and when they were singing me lullabies, I was even saying Temple of the Dog, Mother Love Bone, Green River. Like, nice. Early Pearl Jam, dude. That was, like, where I was at. I, I, they grew up... I grew up kind of just knowing all, only that, man. And then my dad was a DJ at a rock radio station when I grew up. So I remember being like four or five years old. He's in there late night cutting fucking tracks, trying to just record his voice so he can uh, lay down the commercials. And just while he was in there in the old school programming in the tape days, like when he would sit there and he'd have to throw on Rush so he could take a shit. Like those type of days. <laughs> like seriously man and it's just like i don't know i i grew up having access to like all my heroes like the first show i ever went to i was four years old and it was sticks in kansas and i got to go backstage and meet them i remember the i think i was like 12 or 10 or 11 somewhere in that area but my dad got out of the uh the radio industry and went into television it was the first time i ever went to a concert and i was like why the fuck aren't we going backstage like it's a very like silver spoon in your mouth perspective but like i'm dude, i'm very blessed for that i'm very thankful for that but it's like i was literally like my whole life's been around rock music and around bands and it's literally the only thing i've ever wanted to be or the only thing i've ever wanted to know 
well, I mean, it definitely seems like uh, it, it almost seems like the path has led you in the right direction. I mean, you know, you are sitting on a podcast here by some dude that wanted to be a rock star. Dude, but you got the rock star podcast. What are you talking about, man? You are a rock star. See, that's the thing. For an hour a day, I actually matter. <laughs> yeah. It's all about perspective. <laughs> All about perspective. Eating holy actual, actual, all actual. And Danny, how many hours of the day are nobody around? Yeah, exactly. I think I'm a hour. Now, um, obviously, you two aren't the only ones in the band. Um, who are the um, who are the other members in the band? The unsung heroes that didn't have the honor to be here today. The unsung heroes who are off saving the world. Uh, well, on lead bass, our lead bassist is Rock the Diesel Perez. Uh, he's the homie. Um, we've got all the way from France, Mr. Dick Sunday. And then uh, we've got Adam, the freshman Garrett. He's the other guitar man. So when you say from France, like literally from France. Oh, yeah. We imported his ass. Like a fine cheese, man. We went to France. We scouted him. We brought him back. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, for real, he, he's from France, man. He's hardcore. He's got the accent and everything. The only weird shit is he fucking hates wine and he hates cheese. But he does like baguettes. He fucking loves baguettes, dude. Like, like baguettes. in the most stereotypical fashion, this man gets horny over baguettes. We figured that out. We have to be a total asshole not to like a baguette. Dude. <laughs> yes. That's funny. And but. also, I should point out, he's... The freshman is the one who likes staying angry, not the not the Frenchman. Yeah, no, Adam is the one who likes staying angry. Well, yeah, they they have good taste in France. No, no, no. Yeah, it was but definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for his food habits. Yo, this guy <laughs> literally goes to a chicken wing place and will eat plain chicken wings, no sauce, no dry seasoning, no ranch, no salt, no pepper, nothing. Goes what? to Subway, dude. Yeah, goes to Subway, gets a steak and cheese. No cheese, no vegetables, just bread, just bread and steak. Yeah. He is the most bare. Literally, he wakes up, plays guitar, goes to sleep. That's his entire existence. Yep. Anything wild. else, is, dude? Anything else to him is not important. He's on. He's okay. So like, he explains it to us. He's from like the backwoods, redneck, just France. So like, where he had nothing to do where he was from. So he literally just, I, I play guitar. That's all he does. <laughs> like he's not riding Vespas and you know wearing the funny no, hats, dude. So he is the most American yeah. man I've ever met. He's literally, he's literally like Marlboro man, but he's from France. I mean, he's more American than anyone else. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I forgot besides playing guitar, he chain smokes cigarettes. Chain smokes got American flag on his uh, guitar rig over here. Yeah, he's a he's a character, dude. He's definitely fun to hang out with and to be around. That's awesome. All right, yeah, so man. with all of these personalities, how does the songwriting process work for you guys? So we're firm believers, man, that too many chefs in the kitchen produce a pretty wonky meal. So it really comes down to Marky and I sitting down, busting out a couple ideas, doing a lot of pre-production. Um, we've got a buddy that we work with who was in the band but uh, had to step away. Um, he still hangs out and writes a little bit with us, but it really comes down to just Marky and I will sit down, lay down a bunch of ideas. We'll get a musical structure together. Um, I try to ask him about like a vibe or an inspiration, and then we'll go in and um, 
we'll start laying down some lyrics. I'll uh, kind of try to start doing my thing that way. But I use him as like a, uh, what would you say, like a human whiteboard, so to speak, just to be able to bounce ideas off of and kind of move back yeah, and forth. Like a, like a racquetball wall. Pretty much. Bouncing. Yeah, helps. But once we actually get a firm idea situated and settled, um, we'll finalize the project and then we'll bring it to the guys and we'll kind of start jamming it live in the room. And then we're like, okay, let's put the, the studio and let's go together. lay something down. So I guess you guys just show up with like a skeleton of a song and uh, you show up and it's completely done. It I'd say we have it about 90 to 95% done when we bring it to the guys, man. It usually starts like it'll start with a riff, a guitar riff that, uh, you know, that eventually we will say yes, no. Um, you know, our, our buddy who was in the band will, you know, just throw us all these ideas constantly. And when I hear one I like, or and, and uh, Danny hears one he likes, you know, we'll say, okay, cool, let's let's move forward with that. And then we'll kind of sit together, map it out, uh, so to speak. And then I will go in and kind of lay the foundation of drums down, while Danny uh, takes it from there, brainstorms, comes up with the, the lyrics and the, the colors, if you will. And uh, then from there, we get to the band and, you know, little things, little tweaks get made and changes. And, uh, you know, it becomes a song if it all works out, if it passes all those stages. And then there's a couple of times where we get to the studio, we record it, we get it back, and we're like, okay, cool, B-side. Sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't. About <laughs> getting the work done, though. Don't like that one at all. Yeah. <laughs> you guys really are like the James and Lars. Dude, that's such a great compliment. Tell me that so many more times during this interview, please. <laughs> I I'll I'll just start calling you guys James and Lars. Like that's that's just how we'll conduct the rest of the interview. But can we change back and forth because I'm getting a little bit jealous that he gets to be Lars the whole time. <laughs> All right. Yeah, like so James. um <laughs> I'll be James, he'll be Lars. Okay, we'll switch back and forth. Yeah, James is definitely my favorite flavor of Metallica. Um, <laughs> now, where Dude, do you guys... Burton, though. Yes, absolutely. You know what's funny? I have... Uh, it's me and then two other co-hosts. And um, like how, basically how the dynamic of the show works is I... I'm like the guy that sticks up for like the butt rock bands and like Creed and Nickelback and shit. And uh, I don't understand why everyone uh, hates them so much. I fucking but, like Creed. Nickelback. I like Creed though. Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, listen, damn if it. you actually give Nickelback a shot, they do have God, some bangers. I like they, hey, I like Creed. I won't argue with Creed. You I'll Creed. go I'll, I'll go with you on Creed. But like, Nickelback. I do. Chad Chad Kroger writes the most vulgar lyrics. I mean, they're they're definitely successful. You can't hate on them for that. But. Dude, okay, no. If somebody wants to make some money and write a hit, call Chad Kroger. Yeah. Straight up. You want yeah, yeah. You want to be a douchebag and make money? Hey, the way I see it is, they have a job and they do it extremely well. I mean, oh, yeah. if you can hum a song back within the first time hearing it, you did your job correctly. Oh yeah, I have never hummed. Um, I don't think I've ever hummed a Nickelback song. Don't You're lie. a fucking liar. Love photographs. Look at these memories. Yeah, uh, well, I know it. I mean, what does that say? I know it. So, I mean, see, they did their job. <laughs> Can't argue with that. I guess they did their job. Any conversation is good conversation. So, like besides, right now, they did their job. We're talking about we're, Nickelback. Yeah, we're sitting here on a podcast talking about Nickelback. So they must have done something right. <laughs> so, besides Nickelback and Creed, where do you guys draw uh, your influences from? 
Okay, dude, this is actually my favorite question to get asked because none of us listen to the same music besides like a couple of crossover bands. Like, I'm pretty sure right now, what you and I are both really into Knocked Loose, aren't we? Yeah, Knocked Loose has been, uh, been our jam lately. Yeah, yeah they're like, pretty tight. They fucking get down with Knocked Loose. But then you got Marky who literally will like, dude, like, Marky, go off on your influences real quick, man. I don't even know. I listen to everything. I mean, when I first started playing drums, my. I kind of learned off like Tommy Lee and Kylie uh, from from Old Thrice and like uh, Adam from Old AFI. I kind of just blended all those together, and that's kind of where my drumming influences came from. But as far as writing songs, I mean, anything that that has that I can, you know, is catchy and is heavy and has a vibe. I mean, I listen to like hard rock, I listen to country, I listen to metal, I listen to thrash. I mean. I listen to old pop, you know, like 80s. I mean, anything. I have a whole, a huge Yacht Rock playlist I've been jamming lately. I mean, now I, I tend go, to go into detail. Tend what to is lead. Yacht Rock? Yacht Rock is like, I mean, everyone has a different version of that. Most will say it's like late, mid, late 70s. It's basically the term came from like, imagine some rich, a bunch of rich people on a yacht with a lot of cocaine, a lot of alcohol in their, you know, late forties, fifties, that's the music that would be playing in the background while this was going down. That's Yacht Rock. Okay. <laughs> Barbara Strayfriends. Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. It's basically like soft rock in the seventies. Thirty eight special, some Rick Springfield. I mean I can pull up yeah. Some there ain't nothing wrong with some thirty eight special. Dude, no, get down with 38 Special. I love 38 Special. We we listened to it the whole way to Vegas. Uh, yes, that's true. Actually, that is true. Um, for me, dude, I'm a little, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I was really into the grunge scene. Um, that I always, I would consider like kind of my roots for the situation. Um, 90s new metal, the early 2000s hard rock, like Stain, first two Linkin Park albums on that area. Um, but like nowadays, dude, I'm, dude i'm into like i really love chon like chon's one of my favorite bands i really like instrumental music um basically anything that i can just sit back and enjoy and like it like shit dude on my playlist right now while i was working out at the gym today i listened to the sugar blake shelton and chon those are really yeah. three like very different spectrum that's, music. That, that, that's, that's very like, eclectic right there yeah dude. i think that's one of the like why we can, you know, click and work together and create stuff is because we're so open-minded and we actually like so many different styles of music. We're not just, you know, honestly, dude, one thing that I would say that definitely bonds us on music is we don't have an elitist perspective and we try to really like negate that type of opinion from anything. Like you're yeah. never too cool to listen to something. If it slams, it slams. Ariana Grande can make a fucking great song with us on God is a Woman. Yeah. That shit slams, dude. Punk or pop or not, it's a great song. Yeah. Dude, Whitney slams, but like you really can't. Yeah, we're not we're not scared to roll the windows down, and you know. We'll listen to some Rick Springfield. Yeah, dude, we'll listen to some Fall Out Boy, bro. We'll listen to Square. We went to the last Slayer concert, but like, dude, it's we're all over the spectrum, man. It's it's kind of enjoyable to that end, but like none of us are on the same page at the same time, which is always pretty chill. And we're always introducing new bands to each other. That's another really cool thing. Is it's like, hey, did you check these guys out? No, 
I didn't hear about them. Oh, that's because it's on my little circle on what I'm listening to. Check this shit out. We're always trying to help each other. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing too. You don't really want to pigeonhole yourself into one particular genre or, you know, like one area that you're listening to, because at the end of the day, all you're doing is really, you know, you're prohibiting your songwriting abilities by, you know, only listening to, you know, X, Y, and Z versus expanding your horizons. And like you just said, Ariana Grande or Whitney Houston. Yeah, dude. Why, why bottleneck your creativity though? Like if you're ever going to start flowing ideas and you're perpetually or perpetually just trying to flow out stuff, if you're always trying to just cater to one certain thing, you're eliminating 50% of your, your creative capacity. But that's just, that's the way we think, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with like people who want to be in a, a thrash band and only want to play thrash. Like, oh yeah, more power to you. This is just, we're talking what we prefer. You know? Yeah, dude, if your favorite band, no right or wrong way to do it. Yeah, dude, if your favorite bands are Overkill, Testament, and Exodus, like, yo, I'm not going to tell you that you need to listen to Ariana Grande. I'm still <laughs> going to hit that song up, though, and then go blast some Gary Holt riffs. I have no issue with that. Awesome. All right. Now, what do you guys enjoy doing, doing more? Uh, being on the road or, you know, uh, being in the studio, woodshedding? Uh, dude, I'm a woodshed kind of guy. Me personally, I love the process of taking nothing and turning it into something. But then I know Marky's other option is going to be like, well, then how do you get the enjoyment of the people jamming it? And I'm like, it's oh, honestly, it's, it's like when you're in the studio, you're knowing that you're going to be on the road. You're looking forward to that. When you're on the road, you're looking forward to like kind of, you know, going home and, and, and being locked up, you know, staying in one place for a while. So having the next thing, like coming up is, you know what I mean? Yeah. That like if we, were, if we were only in the studio ever, we would hate that. If we were only on the road ever, we would hate that. So it's the constant like sort of cycle of things that, you know, kind of like the seasons, like, you know, get enough of the winter, you're ready for the spring, you're ready for the summer. You know what I mean? That is a really yeah, good exactly. Now, what are, um? well, I mean, I guess this is going to be, you know, one way or the other. What uh what's some of the coolest shows you guys have played so far, or is there one in particular? We got to play the whiskey a go go, man. Like anytime oh, you're shit. able to play on that stage, that's seriously like a humbling experience. I'll never forget walking down the stairs and I was standing at the uh the last step right before walking onto the stage, dude, and it took me probably a good minute to have the balls to walk onto it. Like legitimately, like it's just one of those like it's a very humbling experience. Like it's where all the greats dude, are, man. Yeah, dude, the doors were a fucking house band there. Like, when you start thinking about that, and it's like, yo, man, that's. I'm very thankful to have ever been able to play on that stage in any way, shape, or form. And my dad flew out from Florida to see that show, so that even means even more to me for that. Dude, Van Whoa. fucking Halen was the house band there. Yeah, no fucking right, dude. Like, Motley fucking Crew. right. Motley Crue, three nights in a row. Yeah, dude, yeah. like, it's just... That's that stage. You can go anywhere in the world, and you could say CBGBs, Whiskey a Go Go, or the Roxy, and everybody's gonna be like, "Everybody Fuck knows yeah, rock and roll." Dude, so many careers have been made from that stage. Yep, yep, true, very true. Just, we played uh with Drowning Pool. Remember that? Oh, where at the Whiskey? That's awesome. Yeah, that was that was who we opened for that night. That was pretty cool. Now, honestly, I never really got into Drowning Pool besides Bodies. I mean, I think that's the only Drowning Pool song that I actually know. 
I don't know if anyone so did. They had, <clears throat> there was did they just play a 10-song yeah. set of bodies the whole time? Uh, by that point, we were pretty drunk, so I don't really remember. I was fucked up, dude. I, I, I fucking threw up on stage that night. I left it all on the table. That was great. He did throw up on the side of the stage, <laughs> off the stage. Don't slam half a bottle of Jaeger and then try to scream. Doesn't work. But, hey, didn't miss a beat, bro. Hey, I did not miss a beat. We do have a, a, a bunch of people were taking videos from the from the crowd, like cell phone videos. I look just like the girl from the Exorcist, dude. I fucking took a power stance, and that shit projected, man. I don't mean to be nasty, but that's some rock and roll right there. Like, what up? And then, like... <laughs> Like ten minutes later, you saw like two guys over there like mopping it up. Yo, I did uh, give him twenty bucks though. Yeah, he did straight up. twenty bucks for the. Children. Hey, at least you're considerate. Dude, he cleaned up my vomit. I'm gonna give him twenty bucks. It's not his problem. I fucking would have cleaned it up, but he was fucking gung ho. Well, we both have service industry roots, so we uh we're very uh you know bartenders great, great and manager of the restaurants, bartenders man. and servers and busters and whatnot. So. <laughs> All right, so. Going back to shows and everything, where haven't you guys toured yet that you wanted to? Japan. Japan. Seriously, I and selfishly just because I want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> is that like, is that collective? Yeah, I definitely want to go to Japan. I'd like to go. I'd like to hit Sweden. Honestly, dude, you want to know one place that I've always wanted to play? I've always wanted to play Sturgis, South Dakota during a bike rally. I always felt like that would have been slamming of a party. Mardi Gras? Dude, Mardi Gras would be sick. New Jersey? Uh, dude, we're going to come see you. Yeah, we're going to come see you. We're going to play your basement in New Jersey, dude. I'll tell you what. When you guys come to New Jersey, get in contact with me because I will be there. Heck uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I've been making I've been making these promises with like every band that I've interviewed so far. I'm like, when you guys come to New Jersey, make sure you let me know. And I'm actually legitimately going to come out to these shows. You do realize that though we're not going to let you leave once you come on the road with us, though, right? Like you're <laughs> going to start having to do road podcasts. Have everybody start calling in because you're going to be partying with us forever, dude. Once you get on that train, you don't get off. <laughs> we'll have to see about that. I, my boss might have a. Uh, he might Bring have him uh, too. <laughs> bring him, bring her. Is it a him? Is it a her? It's probably it's a, a bring, him. Bring them. <laughs> that and that and I'm not sure if my wife would uh, uh appreciate me. We got her room, the bring house, her. Man. <laughs> we, got big, we got a big bus, bring her. So, uh, are you guys up to the bus level yet? Or are you guys in the van stages? We're still doing on the 15 person van, man. Okay. Sprinter van, uh, sprinter van is next up. Definitely want a sprinter van. I want something I can I'm stand sure up in. That. Yeah. Yeah, man. But it is what it is, dude. It gets us from point A to point B. It's reliable as fuck. And honestly, like, you, but dude, here's the one thing you pay your dues. You pay your dues long enough, and then you're getting the chance to move up. It's all about paying your dues and working hard. Everybody has to sleep in a van for some time. Well, oh, not absolutely. everybody. Some, some people get to get the overnight success but i don't know dude i'm all about paying your dues and earning it like and i'm all about earning it well i mean you could also take the easy way out and try to make like a viral video on youtube and uh gain you know money that way and you guys could buy a a jet like led zeppelin why haven't we done that we're gonna we're gonna do that now fuck it fuck the effort fuck earning it Get get it with your get it with your guitar player from france like follow him around with a video camera of him just playing guitar and eating baguettes all day Dude, that, that's a viral video right there. That could be a web series. Dude, if we end up doing that, we make some money, you're getting 10%. Fuck it. It's on the podcast. <laughs> it's out there. It's established. 
These are all like tour diaries. That they're all really good ideas, dude. <laughs> Honestly, you should do a tour diary and just be like, yeah, we're following them around and there's another baguette. Oh, yeah. 100%. Here's we're a already, steak and we, bread we have, from uh, Subway. We already have some ideas. <laughs> that's so funny man (laughs) all right so i got two more questions for you guys the first one i have is uh what is your dream tour lineup if you already haven't had it god i mean dream tour like like you could pick any band you want living dead broken up whatever are we just basing it off of like our enjoyment of their music or like, like their financial contri- contributions. Like, I just think you said, what, what two bands would you get for we, with like, right now? Carp launch, dude, whatever you want. Fuck, that's hard. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's do it. For me, dude, honestly, if I can throw mine out there, if I could, I would open up your sound garden in Metallica and I would go actually temple of the dog in Metallica. And I would just Ooh. like die. Temple, if I could, so, dude, I went to see the Temple of the Dog show in L.A., man, and that was single-handedly probably, like, the greatest three-hour experience of my life. That's awesome. I, seriously, like, Temple of the Dog and Metallica with Eclipsica on a 30-minute set opening up for that, I can die happy. Oh, dude, that'd be insane. Die well, especially happy. considering the fact Chris Cornell would have had to be uh, exhumed. That would have been crazy, too. Yeah, but, um, man. He's uh, if, if there's anybody that ever existed on planet Earth that is my number one like vocalist or like musician or artist, it was him, dude. When he passed away, bro, it was just like when Kobe his, passed away. Chris's loss, uh, the loss of Chris, was definitely something that was extremely unexpected. I mean, as is every death, and obviously Kobe Bryant recently. But when Chris Cornell died, like that, like that, it just wasn't expected at all. No, man. And me personally, like, not to get in such a, like, a heavy topic on that, but, like, man, those were the songs that my parents sang me as a child. So, like, he passes away. I've always identified with Chris Cornell as, like, a part of my family and my life and, like, growing up. So, just, like, I don't know, dude, losing him, it made me feel like I lost a family member because that's, like, I don't know. It, it, he's as much a part of my relationship with my parents as anything in regards to music. Like, that's. It, that was my gateway into music was his music. So like, dude, that really like that goes to this day hurts me. Yeah, but I was yeah, lucky. I was very fortunate. I got to see him with Audio Slave. I got to see him with Soundgarden. I got to see him uh, solo acoustic, uh, solo with a full band, and I got to see him with Temple of the Dog. So I feel like I got to personally see him in every iteration that I possibly could have to experience his music. I would have loved to have seen Soundgarden live. I mean, I I mean, no, I saw Soundgarden live on the King Animal tour. I would have loved to have seen Audio Slave. I feel like that had to be incredible. Dude, it was sick. If I can remember correctly, I think it was uh, 30 seconds to Mars open for that show. It was like one of their first like, like stadium arena tours and it was seated. But dude, it was um it was insane. It was I actually snuck down into the pit. My dad took me to that show. I disappeared for a half hour. I came back with a wristband. And he was like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was like, yeah, no, I definitely just stole one off the table. So I'm going to go downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. What yeah, about you, Mark? Happens. Marky, what do you, what do you have for your dream tour lineup? Oh God. Like that's such an open question. Like what's your favorite movie? Like I have so many. 
Um, if it was like modern day, I would say right now, like if it was Eclipsica with a day to remember and like I prevail, like that would be, I would be super excited about like that. That'd be a fun show. That would definitely be a fun yeah. show to see. 100%. Yeah, that would be, I feel like that would be a great fit with us too. Um, I'd look at the show with Bad Wolves. That would be cool. All time, I think probably like maybe like Van Halen and Molly Crew would be. Wait, Van Halen? Oh, Van Halen? Like, it, so that would be half Van Halen, half Van Hagar, and then Motley Crue, and then us. Boom, because San needs to be there. We have love for Van Hagar. Dude, Van Dude. Hagar is respected in this band. In in my podcast office room, I have fifty one fifty sitting next to Van Halen one and two. That's what's up. Dude, we're gonna we just high five over here. <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. People people talk so much shit about the Sammy Hagar era of Van Halen. They literally oh, yeah. they evolved as a band. They got so much better as a band with Sammy. Yeah, they were for those songs. They fucking amazing, timeless, like amazing. Dude, honestly, yeah. you can't pick up Fifty One Fifty and point out a bad song on that album. You just can't. There's not a, there's not a goddamn one. That's why. And, that, and maybe like, maybe inside, get, I'll give them that one. But literally, everything else the, is bangers on bangers. People get an argument of like comparing them. Like, there's no comparison. Like, there's like, no two different bands. Yeah, you can't say one's better than the other. Like, Van Hagar's fucking awesome, and Van Halen with uh, David Lee Roth is fucking epic. You know, I mean, they're both just great. There's you don't have to like pick one. You can listen to both. Yeah, it's, but they genuinely they're like two different bands. Yeah, totally. It, it's if, very, you, if you listen to both of them and didn't know who it was, you'd be like, oh, it's two different bands. Very similar equivalents to Alice in Chains, dude. Like, they're two separate bands. William and Lane, amazing singers, but they're different songs, albeit Jerry Cantrell is the, the, the glue yeah. in that situation. Hilarious. But it's like, oh, yeah. Like, oh. All right. So the last thing we have here on this interview is it's not a question. You guys, this is your chance to promote yourself, plug yourself, whatever you want, uh, social medias, uh, you know, everything, website, merch, you know, whatever, whatever you want, uh, tours, show dates, uh, release dates, whatever, whatever you have, this is your chance to tell us. Well, word, man. First things first, Orlando, Florida, April 8th. We're playing Earth Day Birthday Festival getting put on by WJRR, uh, the uh, rock radio station out there. We're playing with uh, Shinedown, Hailstorm, Foxy, Beartooth, New Year's Day. Uh, Theory of a Dead Man. Theory of a Dead Man, yeah. We're playing with a uh, band called Dead Girls Academy as well. Uh, they're going to be out there hanging out with us. We're going to be uh, kicking off that festival. It'll be great. Um, we're doing some dates from California to Florida and back. Um, I think we're playing in what arizona we're doing a show in san angelo texas uh, i think we're doing a show in fort worth fort worth austin new orleans those will all be announced very soon yeah the, all those dates should be being announced shortly if it's not already been announced by the time this podcast airs um we've got a new song debuting today when this podcast airs friday the 13th uh, our song called sanctimony uh we got a lyric video that should be out with that as well um, I believe our merchandise will all be up and running shortly. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Eclipsica, where you'll be able to find all that information. Uh, we've got our website, eclipsicamusic.com. 
you can find Marky and I's personal uh, Instagrams. Marky's was uh, Marky Midnight. Yes. And then you got me, Danny the Stoned. Hit us up. Say what's up. We always like to talk to people. And Eclipsica, uh, E-C-L-I-P-S-I-C-A. Now, do you got you guys have a Facebook too, right? Yes, we do. Although I am one of the few people on planet Earth that personally does not have a Facebook. What? I'm not. Thank fucking God! It's so the Russians can't see me. <laughs> so what? And, what is that? Facebook.com/slash Eclipsica Band or Eclipsica? Is it Eclipsica? Uh, it's just Eclipsica. It's Eclipsica. Yeah. If you just type in Eclipsica, it'll be it. All our links are on our website as well. We we, uh, we got a lot of cool stuff on our website, and yeah, man. We, uh, we got stock our Instagram pretty regularly, so definitely head over to YouTube too because we've got a couple of music videos up there for uh, one for our song "Home," one for our song "Reflections." Yeah, two music videos, and then uh, when this podcast is we'll yeah, man. Plus, head over to Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on all the forms. Like, what Rhapsody? Yeah. Does Rhapsody still exist? I don't know. I don't know. But Rhapsody. I oh my God! Good. There we go. Rad, dude. We're old, man. We're probably on Napster. I bet we're, on we on Nap- we're definitely on Napster. Head over to Napster. Yeah. Limewire at the at the very least. Bear share. I bet you could. Limewire. <laughs> but Lars is cool, that, but I think we're on Napster. Yeah, no, but literally anywhere that you uh, can consume your digital media music or anything like that, we are on there, man. Hit us up. Give us a download. It helps us out a fuck ton. Buy a t-shirt. Come out to a show. Have a beer with us and fucking maybe buy us dinner because we'll be broke as shit. <laughs> awesome. All right. I like lobster. I'm an expensive date if anybody's worried. See, we just tell people we're broke as shit. We... Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. at the end of the tour, we come back with a whole lot of money. How'd you guys make so much money? Well, everybody bought us food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this has been a pleasure. I'm, I'm extremely, ex- well, let me think of the word here. I am ecstatic that I was able to talk to you guys today. Um, everybody, this is Marky and Danny from Eclipsica. Thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, man, it was so much fun. Thank you so much for your time and for having us out. It was uh, it was great, dude. Seriously, yeah, good times. And uh, you know, whenever you guys have something new that's coming out or whatever, you are always welcome to come back on. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate greatly you. appreciate it. Appreciate you. Have a good night, they guys. Something that they wanted. To Thank say. you. You too. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our interview here with Marky and Danny. Uh, definitely funny individuals, two good guys, and hopefully they come around to the tri-state area, and we'll get to see them sometime soon. But before they left, they had something that All they right, wanted sure. to say. What's up, y'all? This is Danny. And Marky, we are from Eclipsica, and check out our new single, Sanctimony, right now, on Rage Against the Mainstream. This life's filled with violence, I'm tired of silence, can we feel no shame? We grip on our cup and fall on as they suffer while I die.
Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening. Well, I hope all you guys liked that one. This was Eclipsica with their new single, Worldwide Premiere new single, let me add, Sanctimony. Now, if you would like to be in this position and you want to have an interview or showcase or you want your music played on our show, all you have to do is hit us up on our email at retmpodcast at gmail.com. You can get us at our social medias, facebook.com slash podcast and Instagram and Twitter at podcast. But this is another one in the books. This is Rage Against the Mainstream signing off. I'm Bill. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening.